Hello and welcome to the Travelling Through podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and in this week's episode, I'm with Nigel Planer, actor, writer, songwriter, and he is forever associated with his role as Neil in the 1980s cult comedy series, The Young Ones. But today, we're talking about Nigel's latest book, Jeremiah, Born in Time, as he takes me on a backstreet alley tour of London through pungent smells of skunk and wee to reach those discreet parks, gardens and spaces that are very much a part of London as London and form the backdrop to Jeremiah Bourne's time travel adventures. We also touch on his life as an actor, as well as his travels to India. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. This is the Travelling Through podcast, and today my guest is Nigel Planer. Hello, Nigel. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks Uh, for having me. I was trying to remember the first time that you came to the Travelling Through bookshop. And I believe, and I might have got this totally wrong, that you came flying in there one Christmas Eve wanting the Mamushka book. Was that you? It doesn't sound like it, <laughs> okay. because I don't know what the Mamushka book oh, is. Oh, right, so it wasn't you. So I it got probably that wrong. wasn't me. So there we go. Memory. Now, you talk about memory, memory. in your book, Absolutely. In Jeremiah Born in it's Time. It's all about inherited memory. Yes. yes, and flexing that memory muscle, but we'll come on to that yeah, in yeah. time. So your memory needs some exercise. By Surely the it, it. <laughs> definitely <laughs> does. I got that wrong. I've been so good so far. Anyway, shall we walk? We're starting yes. off. We've just met at Waterloo Station. Yeah. And we're walking through the park. Nigel, your whole background has come from acting, comedy. We're looking at the old Vic over here. The old Vic. Yes, actually, my predating my comedy background um, is a theatre background. I used to go there and watch the plays when it was the National Theatre, the old Vic, led by Laurence Olivier. Oh, my goodness. Who I saw in there playing Othello and playing in the Master Builder. This is when I was a kid. My goodness. Um, my mum used to get the brochures and you could book tickets really cheaply a year in advance. Okay. And I was theatre mad. Yes. And used to go here and then uh, to the RSC who were at the Aldwych. Um, let's cross here. Um, we're just going to get nearer to the Old Vic. Yes. And when I was at school, my English teacher found he had a set designer's scale model of the old Vic. Yes. Um, which was massive, you know, three, four feet high, to, you know, a big thing. Crikey. Which he gave me. Yes. And I took it home and painted every balcony with gold and, you know, did it all up. Fantastic. <laughs> um, but I never had the, the sort of patience or know how to put a lighting board in it. Okay. You know, and do it really properly and light a set inside. Yes. Because uh, I turned into a teenager then, and but did you sort keep of strange things happened. I no, I, I donated it in the end to the theatre museum. It was quite an old piece of carpentry. Yeah, yeah, yes. So I donated it to the theatre museum. I don't know if they've still got it. Probably right. junked it. But that's so amazing. I, so I you love kept the it in good. Condi- it was in good enough condition to donate it as well, despite yeah, being just open. about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I also did. A, they do a 24-hour play thing. What they used to do here where you all meet up in the evening, mm. meet the playwrights. The playwrights go and write the play overnight. You meet up the next morning, rehearse during the day, and then put the play on in the evening. Okay, wow. That 24 is... hour plays to raise funds. Right, but very intense. And I, and I did one of theirs. It was, it was 24 hour musicals. Oh, p- it was, and which <laughs> is ridiculous. Of, was it fun though? Um, for me, it was fun. 
because yeah. I, my, the person I was allocated was John Godper, mm -hmm. who is a playwright of the Hull Truck Company, mm -hmm. and he'd seen a lot of my spoof actor material, Nicholas Craig. Yes. So he wrote me a fab part, which was of a very sort of very verbose actor, and everybody else had to come in and sing and do things from his life. Okay. But the part was so massive, there was no way I could have learned it. Yes. So I was allowed to hold a script, because I, <laughs> I think that would be the worst <laughs> aspect of that. It's having to learn a dance. He didn't give me any dances. They all did the dancing. Right. A song, yes. which I could have learned that quite quickly. Yes. But, and, and a massive part. So I, I had a very easy gig of it, actually. Yes. And, and this also has, again, this link to to memory, having a good enough memory to memorise ah, yes. all that you have to yes, and do. which bits of memory are sort of conscious and which bits are unconscious. And mm -hmm. um, that's at the basis, if you want to get onto that now, today we're travelling through south-east London. Yes. And if you look around you, very shortly you'll see something that's very old, that hasn't moved, that's still here. And it triggers memories. Yes. Sometimes the, the, um, the line between what you remember consciously and what is perhaps collective memory, collective mm -hmm. fears, we have collective fears of we do, saber-toothed yes. tigers, which are <laughs> in, inside us. Yes. Because they used to prey on us. Yes. And, you know, we have collective assumptions. If you look at systemic racisms and sexisms and assumptions, these are sort of inherited memories, triggers, yes. which, we can, which we can change if we're lucky, but so here's an old pub, this is called the Stage Door. The Stage Door in Webber Street. Yes. Just down from it's the old Vic. Closed today. I have actually been little... in there once before, a couple of times. Yeah. Escaped a snowstorm actually once. Oh, in there? <laughs> in there. So um. we're, we're, we're just sort of, this is the beginning of where it becomes, this, is, this isn't that interesting, this bit, mm. but if you're walking around especially where we're, we're going to be going now. You can see bits of London that even date back to Roman or even pre-Roman times. Yes. And there'll be, uh, we won't have time today, but there's a big stone in the, in the shopping centre behind the Tesco's, which has been there since 60 AD, I think it's date. Really? Wow. And it's sitting there, they okay. thought, well, what should we do with it? Well, we'll leave it there and build around it. Yes, yes. And there's, a, there's an awful lot around here. Obviously, this was, most of the buildings we're seeing now are converted warehouses. Yes. And there's a lot of flats, a lot of residential. But this would have been pretty busy around here. Yes. For many, you know, for many centuries. Um, leather tanning, which got banished out this way in 1833, I think. Yeah, yes. From city, because mm -hmm. it smelled so bad. Yes. They used animal... Yes, dog feces. poo, apparently, dog poo being <laughs> collected up by, by children, usually, you know, uh, waifs, mm. trying to get a, a bit of money, and used in tanning. So the stink around here, uh, between here and where, where we'll be going to um, Leather Market, if we get that far, yes. um, which is where they set up the market trading leather and wool. Right. So wool was England's big export. Mm -hmm. all, the, all the Florentine clothes in the Renaissance, we exported all the wool to, to the dyers of Florence. 
Okay. I didn't so there's, appreciate there's that. There's a lot of trade yes, yes. going on. Yes. So we're just coming up to Blackfriars Road. They're opposite. Something called the Foundry. Yes. Which I actually don't know much about. But presumably that was where they made iron stuff. Yeah. Um, and if we if we cross here, it'll be easier. Yeah. Okay. So um, memory, collective memory. I got obsessed with this idea that if you look at a chair, an old antique chair, how yes. many bottoms have sat on it before you? How many people have died who sat on it? Yeah. What memory does the chair contain? Yeah. How many conversations were yes. had while sitting heard? on the chair? Yeah. Yes. And the same with buildings. Yes. Especially definitely. if you walk around Theatreland, which I used to do a lot because I had to for work. Mm. And. Um, the idea that we inherit memories in the way that birds can fly south. How come they know how to? And uh, there's a guy called Rupert Sheldrake invented a term for it called morphic resonance. Okay. It's called pseudoscience because it's a sort of guesswork right. at what might be going on. Is that um, things happen because of mimicking what happened before. Yes. So there's a resonance. It's like an echo that goes on and on and people behave in ways that are repetitive. Right. And so birds fly south because other birds also flew south before them. Mm -hmm. So this idea that you could inherit memory fascinated me as a means to the end, because I was writing a time travel book. Yes. Um, that instead of having some magic machine or some... Um, uh, Doctor Who know, police Doctor <laughs> Who police box or yeah. something, why not choose something that actually is kind of we might be on the edge of discovering things like that. Yes, yes. Um, a pseudoscience where we can remember things. Um, and if we imagine ourselves into the future, imagine that had become a skill. Mm -hmm. We would have visitations from people who had that skill. Yes. Um, and my hero, uh, Jeremiah Vaughan, his mother is actually a fugitive from the future. She's messed up her memory exams right and has done some very bad things in her data gathering yes and uh went and got pregnant in the wrong sanctuary ah so is that okay had to hide her child from yes. the people in the future yes so she dropped him off here in in blackfriars road yes in 2019 well the book picks up the story in, in 2009 she yes. dropped him here in about 2004 right and then she buggered off again. Okay. So he doesn't know, but he has also inherited this skill. Yes. Um, and the, in the story, he will find out by a series of rather uh, scary accidents that he can travel in time. And he, and he has to learn to control it, and he has to find his mother. Yes. And he has to find out what the hell's going on. So this whole idea about memory and also our um, curiosity with both the past and the future and looking back into the past, you write in, in the book as well, you talk about John Dee's Black Glass. Which, John Dee's Black which Glass. Which I actually had to look up because I didn't know oh, about it. And that yeah. was fascinating. You can see it in the British Museum. Yes. It's, um, well, people used to think that a black glass, black mirror, you could look into it. If you looked into it long enough, you could see the dead people. Yes. You could talk to them. And then artists use it. I'm just going to yes, talk, talk about, about this house yes. in a minute. That's why we've stopped. Yes. Um, and artists used it, uh, what's he called, something beginning with L, a Lautrec mirror. Okay. And don't think I've got that right. Maybe it's not Lautrec, but they'd use it to look at a landscape. Yes. So that you can just look at the mass, because of course in a black mirror, mm -hmm. you just see the, the black sky, the darker black mountain. Yep. 
and you'd, you'd have mass. There was a fashion for using black mirrors for art. Right. But since ancient times, the black mirror um, was used for necromancy, basically. Yeah. And um, the first record I think we've got of one is, is what's he called, the Cedia who died in Pompeii. Oh, um, uh, Pliny. Pliny, Pliny yes. the Elder, had a whole collection of stuff. And so I'm playing with that in my book that maybe yeah. this is Pliny's black glass that yes. John Dee claims to have inherited and, and then it gets messed with because of course Jeremiah Bourne is travelling in time but yeah. I'm using it more as a, as a red herring okay. because right. in, he thinks it might be that but yes. so does everybody he goes to in the past because yes. his mobile has run out of battery so if he turns up in 1910 or Roman times or whenever he's going wherever he's off to with a mobile phone, people think it's a black glass and that it's the way he's travelling in time. Yeah, but actually yeah, it's, it's just a mobile that's run out of battery. Yes, yes of course, in it's our a black time. Glass. Yes. yes, exactly. So that's so an interesting use of using technology in the past and how the symbolism of it in those yeah, times. Yeah, it's and good fun. Yes, and I actually read that the Aztecs um, used the volcanic material which is yeah. like a kind of glass sidium is it called or something like that yeah um and they used it to see into the future rather than into the ah, past and right. i thought that was quite interesting particularly as your book talks about yeah. going into the future too but yeah that's maybe just another red herring that i've uh, introduced no, it isn't. into you it's, it's, it's london past present future yes. which is why we stopped here yes at this house, so, because it's a house like this that Jeremiah Bourne lives in with his stepfather mm -hmm. and part of the time with his stepsister, stepsister yes um, and they're doing it up. Pete, his dad, stepfather, stepfather Pete, Pete um, is one of those people intent on remaking uh, the house rather like people did in Spitalfields. Everything in it should be authentic. Yes. And so they're trying to recreate the house as it was in 1910. Okay. And of course Jeremiah is able to actually go there. Mm -hmm. So the house we've just been looking at is one, two, three, four, five storeys yep. with a basement. It's Georgian, steps going down to the basement yep. with a sort of coal scuttle underneath the steps, which is where people would have put the coal, which yeah. is where Jeremiah gets trapped that's, that's in, where in an first, episode. That's where he first uh, is transported back in time as well. Yeah, as from the basement. he gets locked yeah. in there though by yes. the neighbours. Oh, yes, that's right, yes. And then up above you'd have your front room Usually kitchens were in the in the back, weren't they? But of course they've modernised, so they've put yeah. a kitchen. And this is probably now offices in the bottom there, isn't there? Yeah. And if you got... look at the bell, one, two, three, four, is it four, four or five? Yeah, yeah. Four flats above and then one below, so five flats. It's a flat per storey. Yes. And probably, for all I know, they cost millions each flat, you know, because... Blackfriars Road, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, shocking, the prices. And this is another, I was oh, talking about old buildings, directly yeah, yes. opposite us. Sons of Temperance Friendly Society. The London Grand Division. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that's a whole building still, I don't know what it's being used for now, but it's still got the lovely emblems on it. It does, yes. From so the past. Shall we cross that's, now? That's why it takes, just by looking up and around you, you, you see history all around you as it, well as below yes, you, you know, underground. It never ceases to amaze me, no, actually. No, no, Having walked in to town when I was in shows, I did a lot of shows where you go in six times a week to go and do the show. Yeah. Same journey. Almost every day you notice something. Phew. I know. 
The smell of skunk, that's it's one everywhere. of the disadvantages of living in this area. Yeah, yes. But isn't it everywhere, actually? Is it everywhere? Uh, unfortunately, I think it is, yes. So I can't see the fascination, aptly but there we named, go. Each aptly to, named skunk. <laughs> yes, each to their own, eh? But why, um, why did you choose 1910? specifically as the year because I, I had a look back to see mm, what actually mm. happened in 1910 because you had a change of Edward VII died, George V yes, became yes. king. It was also the year that the first bill for um, the people's budget came into effect. The House of Lords passed which meant that the, the rich of British society would be taxed to help to create new welfare programmes to, to try and eliminate that, poverty. So, do you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I didn't until I looked it up, That's, admittedly. I didn't know that. I, didn't, I did, obviously didn't so, look up. Yeah, so I thought it was quite interesting that the, the descriptions that you have in the book refer very much to poverty. I mean, Jeremiah is constantly being... Well, around here, yes. Yeah, being... He also um, he makes friends with these people, uh, Sir Roger. Sir Roger Alcott Standage and his sister, Phyllis. Yes. Phyllis Stokes, who are very sort of what we would call sort of new age people. They're very forward looking. Yes. Um, because that's what interested me about it was there was a lot of new thinking. Mm -hmm. um, and you chose Gordon Square for Sir Roger's base, which is yes. the Bloomsbury group. Exactly. So He's in Gordon Square, so the, the posh bits are up that way. Yes. Did you do that deliberately, create a kind of link between yes. those characters? In an early Bloomsbury? draft, Virginia Woolf makes an appearance. Okay. And the scenes where Roger is so appalling to his servants yes. is based on Virginia Woolf. There's a great book called Virginia Woolf and Her Servants. Right. And how appallingly she treated them. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I always find amusing. I like the bits of history where things were not what the obvious shout line mm -hmm. might seem. <laughs> I love to read a book about Virginia Woolf and what a nightmare she was for her servants <laughs> or what a nightmare her servants was. So I've got a scene in there where Roger doesn't realise he's embarrassing his servants by walking around naked because yes. they were naturists. Yeah, yes. They were naturists and vegetarians and the other amusing thing is they were, well, not so amusing, but they were eugenicists. Even and Bernard Shaw was an avid eugenicist. So we think of him as a great uh, socialist thinker and leader. Yeah. But he thought, you know, I've got lots of quotes in the book from him, actually, because, of course, he's a friend of Sir Roger. Yes. Um, saying, you know, if people are not willing to be sort of socialistically um, behave themselves correctly and be good members of the community, then they should be exterminated. Yeah, which is absolutely it's quite shocking. Sort of simple <laughs> Leninism, you know. Yes, black and white uh, kind of. Black and white, and, and, and weeding attitude. the garden is what he called it. Yeah, know? yeah, yes. And yet he's our great, we think of the brand name of Bernard Shaw, we think of as a, you know, a great humanitarian. Yes, yes. So it was the sort of early days of fascism, yes. really, in 1910, which, which fascinates me as well, and that it came not just from militarism and colonialism, but also from all the, the new ages, mm -hmm. which is quite an interesting satire for today, to think who the... I like that, to think what's actually going on underneath the brand names and the shouting, particularly nowadays, I think, with... Yeah the social media bigging things up so much. Yes, yes. Shall we? Yeah, let's cross okay. here. So here we are, you can see, look here, these 
the railway arches, Beautiful which railway you talk. Arches. So this is, this is Jeremiah Lots when he's on. The, seems there. to be on yeah. the run a lot, and seems to be running through this. Running this through area. this whole area. Yeah. yeah, I loved doing that in the <laughs> book as well. Is more so in the book than in the audio, which you've heard. Yes. Um, saying he took a left down Weber Street uh, and a right up Red Cross Way, you know, or whatever. Yes. And actually imagining yourself into the exact location. I love that you, you created a link between going back in 1910 and how difficult it was to to navigate yourself because it was so different for him and he used the RV1 bus which is <laughs> symbolic of this area. I know but his... the trouble is that RV1 bus <laughs> was, now... they cancelled it. Had they, they have cancelled it because I know they were it. going to. So... That was our life saving. Yes that's typical isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now it goes down in, in history in your book. Yeah. I may have had to cut it from the from the book. The audio, incidentally, which is available on Audible, but it's a big finished product. Yes. We cast it with the most brilliant cast. And it's a dramatization of some of the book. Uh, I sent the whole book, an early draft of the book, to the to the audio company, and they said yes, let's do it. But they're the guys who do a lot of Doctor Who stuff. Right. And the music's very exciting and Doctor Who-y. Yes. And the thing's quite, you know, action-packed. The book, not to say the book isn't action-packed, but there's a lot more comedy in the book. Okay. And there's a lot more characters. There's quite a, there's a whole theme with his auntie, mm -hmm. who is a, a sort of lovable, hopeless character, his auntie Archimisa. Right, because this is when I read the synopsis yeah. of the book and I thought when I Who's read... Who's she, you thought? Yes, in the Audible. <laughs> maybe she's coming in book two and I had... I no, know, she's there. She's, she's already right there. there at the beginning. Right. Because she's like Jeremiah's uh, wayward mum. Archimedes is her younger sister who has always had to clear up all her mess and go to the parents and go to the authorities or whoever to try and keep her out of trouble. And that's all she's doing, trying to keep Jeremiah out of trouble. Yes. And she's has to break the law to help and she's got a little dog and her favorite thing is 1970s toys she's got a collection <laughs> of 1970s toys and snacks okay she lives in Blackfriars Road the, the beauty of it is that if you're going to remember something you don't travel in space so it kind of ignores Einstein and the time-space continuum yes you just literally find yourself in exactly the same place and you, yes, exactly. And I thought that I thought that was very clever. As you have to, you just have to visualise and start remembering where you were to get back to where you want to be. Sort of thing. That's yes. Right. Yes. To get and back to that. And you have to do a little research because if you remembered, you were on the um, Jubilee Line, for instance. Mm -hmm. It wasn't built in 1910. So if you remembered yourself back there you'd bury yourself alive. Also, you, you, um, no, you're... Hang on, we want to get up to... I'm trying to find Red Cross Way, just to make sure that we don't... OK, overshoot. So Where are we This here? is Great Suffolk Street. No, if we could, yeah, we could go up that way first. No, let's go Red Cross Way yes? first, okay. yeah. I always get so lost around here. So, I, I, you know, I, even now, having... I mean, I've lived around here 20 years or more. I still sometimes get disorientated <laughs> and lost. So the... Um, the fact that you had to do so much research, what influenced you to write this book? Was it just thinking about memory and, and that whole idea of memory, or was it more than that? Was it the fact that you, you're living in this area? or It's more very... to do with yeah, living in this area. The memory came out by necessity as a way of needing a device, you know, needing yeah. a... So how, how are you going to do this? Yes. Um, and make it fun? Right. 
and interesting. Um, so the, the idea originally came from um, Phyllis Stokes, the creation of this Phyllis Stokes character, the idea that if, if a woman from then arrived in your bedroom, in your house, mm -hmm. and started telling you as a teenager, pull your trousers up and stop doing this. And yes. Why don't you just stop moaning and get on with it things? <laughs> and she's quite a fun character, but of course she's slightly based on Mary Stokes, who's another one of these rather, not so much disappointing as slightly surprising characters. The Mary Stokes we think of as a mother of feminism, but you know, the women's yes. birth control. Yes. Uh, sexual liberation for women and things. It was really the start of all the uh, su suffragettes yes, movement as well. So it? she's an admirable icon. Yes. And yet she was out and out eugenicist. Mm -hmm. And she believed in, in one book, I read a few of her books, um, she believed that um, birth control would be very useful for controlling the lower orders and meaning poor people and anyone who smells. And rather horribly, anyone who needs glasses. Really? She didn't like oh the idea of people who use glasses, who've got short sight, who are not perfect. Seems so she a disability, a bit, yes. Yeah. Yes, disabilities, yeah. things like that. If we use birth control, we can clean them out. So it's horrifying she now, was isn't on it? the one hand admirable and very good, and yes. we, we go with that. I just, I kind of like seeing the whole person, not to condemn, but to think we're all like that, really. We're all mixed up bits of pieces of some of what we do is good and sometimes it's mistaken because we can't see from where we stand. We can't necessarily see mm -hmm. whether it's any good. Yeah, yeah, yes. So it just interests me, all of that. So, no, the, the idea of the, boy, the teenage boy and the woman from 1910. Yes. Sort of came first, really. Okay. We are, we're on Marshalsea Road now. Ah, yes. So this is... Um... Which is, again, most of the streets around here, if you see down there, is Copperfield Street. Yes. How are we doing for time? Have we got we're time to just look at yeah. this little... Um, We've got plenty of time, so... Because it's it, a beautiful this street, is, this. Is this where the, um, the church is, which is now um, a music studio? Is it right oh, behind yes, here? I love that. It's one of my favourite little, little gardens. Oops. Except for it, it's my secret garden. It's so secret quite often I, I struggle to find it myself. Oh, right. Well, but, uh, just, so oops, I think it must be this one. It's here. This is the one, yeah. Definitely. I've been doing these little... It is this one, yes. ...films called London Past, Present, Future. Films, yes. I said, a little minute, me on my mobile. Yeah. Rather like this. And uh, this is one of them. Okay. Yes. I quite like this. It's an alcohol control area. Police officer and ask you to stop drinking in this area, My if goodness. you can find one. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> yeah, I love the space, and I immediately did. Immediately, you hear the atmosphere went, the acoustic, phew, yeah. it went into a, a quieter vibe. It, yes, everything goes, oh, it's, it's a beautiful, quiet garden opposite these tiny cottages, yes. Copperfield Street, can't even stand up. You see those little porches? Oh, yes. I'm six foot. And you'd whack your head. I can't. Up. I can't get in there. <laughs> yeah. You'd be permanently bending your bending yeah, over. Yeah. <laughs> Never stand up straight. I think the music studio, if it exists, is that building just there. Oh, is it there? I thought it was yeah. actually in the church itself. Oh, you might be right. Um, I don't, I've never been in. No, because it's always. And, and somebody's given all the trees. Some well, one or two of the trees, Christmas. little Christmas baubles, yeah. which is nice. 
Yeah, apparently Depeche Mode um, recorded there for one of their albums here. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if there's a recording studio there, I'd be But it's a lovely, it's a lovely garden to sit in, especially in the spring. It's yes, very it's beautiful. Very pretty. Um, Not many people know that, as Michael Caine would say. And there's a mysterious picture of Carrie Fisher from Star Wars on the wall there. Where they've blocked up, blocked up the, yeah. uh, the entrance to somewhere. You see, there's a lot of streets here named after Dickens' um, characters and Dickens' themes, because this is the area. I'll go through first, shall I? Yes. I'm just going through this beautiful wrought iron gate. It is. Now. It's lovely, isn't it? I love the stonework as well. Some ancient yeah. stone brings out the the building surveyor conservationist in me, which I have yeah, also yeah. in my in another world. Are you really? <laughs> yes. Oh, good. It's one of my favourite streets, this, because it's just so... Could you feel that, I hope it comes across, that just this little bit we're walking through, suddenly the outside noise has deadened? Just, yeah, it has. It's like it, you're, yeah, you're in another little microcosm. Yes, or yes. Oh, well, come up come this way, yes, don't go through the puddles. Yes, you've got a real feeling of, of what this must have been like, say, a hundred years ago. And did you walk around this whole area before you wrote about it as well? Yes. Uh, just, just to I've been walking around it for, as I said, I've been here over 20 years, roughly in this area between uh, County Hall, yes. right over at Westminster Bridge, yes. uh, right down to Bermondsey Street, say. That's the sort of, the walk we're doing today, really. Mm. Is I, I've sort of lived roughly in this area. Okay. When you suddenly decide to do Doist. something, a project like oops. writing, I hope, let's not get run over by an electric car. Here we go. Um, even though you've been walking around for 20 odd years, it's only when you have a project like this you suddenly see the neighbourhood in a different way because your eyes suddenly become really open to everything yeah. that's just become commonplace. And here's my favourite sign. Commit no nuisance. <laughs> that's Commit no nuisance. <laughs> Absolutely right. Um, up on the wall, I wonder who, who it was aimed at. There's a place called Dutty Hall there. I don't know what that is. No, but yes. th these buildings around us are old, quite quite run down, some of them. Some of yes. them have been reconverted to uh, uh, workshops and, and flats and things. That's a church, isn't it? Look there. It looks like it, yes. Yeah, so, so that must be at the back of the church. Commit no nuisance. It's a Doyce Street. So As what a I songwriter, love is a... I made an album with the, with a chap. Yes. Our, it's called Commit No Nuisance. Oh, was it? There's a photograph of me <laughs> and him well, standing in front of that. Talking of, of uh, music, that is another of your strings to your bow, shall we say. I uh, noticed that you have just released a couple of songs relating um, to... Yes, I, I went back to... I mean, I was in musical theatre for years, singing away. Yes. Um, but I went back to writing songs uh, when the lockdown started, because we couldn't go out and have fun anymore. <laughs> so I picked up my old broken guitar. Yes. Are we OK going across here? Yes. I think so. Um, picked up my old broken guitar and remembered all the songs I'd written when I was 18. My so, goodness. And, and started recording them with a pal who lives in Leeds, and we were sending files back and forward to each other. Yes. And they sound like they were recorded in 1973 too, because we didn't have any of this modern compression or, no. you know, we literally just, me on a broken guitar, 
the Lord Clyde is one of the pubs of the area. Have you have you been to I've this? Never pub? Been in Apparently, it's a real locals pub and very very popular. I don't know what it's like now, but well, this is as I say, this is Marshalsea Road. Oh, Everything's yes. called Dickens because we're near the Marshalsea pub, which is where um, Dickens's dad was put in debtors' prison, and so the whole family moved down here, and Dickens had to work in a boot polish factory. Yes. And most of his um, experience of the, the downside, the underbelly of London is, is from the time he was here. Yes. Um, and this is where he swore he would never go down that hole again. I think it must have been devastating. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Marshalsea Prison, I think you used to have to take the meals to your whoever was in. That's right. I don't think they were going yes, to feed them or do anything nice like that. <laughs> And there's a... Survival a, of the fittest. And yeah. uh, so here we are, this is Red Cross oh, Way. Yes, now okay. you've got the view of... Um, oh, that's amazing, actually. It's a pity about it's the, the big one yes. with the shoulders, like the American football player. It is, yes. Called. I don't like that one, because it's covering up the gherkin. Yes. When I first moved here, the gherkin was the only one on the skyline. Oh, was it? All that's right. all gone up. No, that's amazing. So you've got the walkie-talkie, the cheese grater. Walkie-talkie, that's it, yeah. The cheese grater. And what's the big, that, the big tall one? Is that the Matt West Just one? They're all just big I know. bits of glass. Blocks of oak. And then you've got the shard. The shard I like. We yes. saw that going up. Saw it when it was just foundation. Yes. And Have you been to the top? I've been. You can go for free. You yes. can go to the restaurants and the cafe on something like the 50th floor. Yes. Not the whole way to the very top. And it's just as good a view you've it got. Is. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. Have you been all the I way have up done, there? No, the I've very done top? this. I've done the same as you. Yeah, <laughs> I've gone for free and just had a drink up there. If you're wearing trainers. <laughs> yes, you have to look as though you're you, you're. Um... As if you could afford to pay. Exactly. If they were going to ask. You've got, you have to go. Mind your trainers is the most expensive. <laughs> well, it is. It and that's Little Dorrit Park. Right. Through there. So ah, this is. We're yes. still in Dickens Land. This is the. Cathedral school, but that side is the Charles Dickens school. Yes. That's a oh, kind of eco right. hut there. And this is a very interesting little park and garden. You see Red Cross Garden, okay. Red Cross Gardens. We're on Red Cross, see, Red Cross Way. Yes. Which points up, if we look straight ahead, we've got the railway bridge, and the other side of that is Borough Market. Mm -hmm. um, and on our right is. The shard, the shard and Guy's Hospital. Of course. If we just go in here, it's a beautiful little garden. Um, the lady, Octavia Hill, social reformer and co-founder of the National Trust, 1887, started it. She's done a fair amount around here. Yes. And they've done it up quite recently, as you can see it. Most. Oh, it's lovely. Incredibly, it's beautifully done with a pond. In the summer, there's a little fountain and. And these guys, I met the guy in one of those cottages. They're like almshouses, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, little cottages on the, actually on the garden. Yes. And one of them is the guy who locks the gates and tends the garden. And he's got his work cut out. I bet he does, yes. But how it beautiful. Nice. It's beautiful. really lovely. It's, you do feel like you're stepping back in time in here as yeah. well, don't you? Isn't this has been beautifully modern designed by these what are they called these days, the urban gardeners? The, yes, the, the gorilla gardeners. Gorilla gardeners. <laughs> I don't know if this is the gorilla gardener group, but there's quite mm. a lot around here yeah. <clears throat> of, of things like that that have been done yeah, yeah, more yes. recently. I think with lockdowns as well, suddenly everybody's become more yes. aware of the, their environment around them and trying to yes. make it look a bit nicer. 
or paying it a bit more attention because they have a bit more time to do so. Yes, absolutely. So here we are, we've got a big timber merchant. The Shard itself is actually the name of your trilogy. The Shard The, time, it, the shard time Shard Chronicles. Chronicles, yes, the publisher guy thought of that. I see it as the first of three. Yes. And he said, well, I'm, do you mind if I call it the Time Shard Chronicles? But I think that's just great. Yes, it's a, it, it actually pulls well, the shard into the modern yeah. part and of the, what the, the idea of a shard of glass, a shard of a slither of something getting wider and you know turning into them. Yes. So here we are again at another crossbones graveyard. Yeah, the crossbones yes. graveyard. Now, this is fascinating. I've never really got to the bottom of this, and I've never actually been in it because every time I've walked past, you it's know, been I've closed. Never, every time I've walked, past, <laughs> there are certain times it's open, and then of course they they finished all the work on it, and then the pandemic came. No, it's not open today. But it looks phenomenally good, I think. Look, this beautiful woodwork yes. here. Yes, and it's and been the, saved, hasn't it? Because it's... Um, yeah, they were trying to... But I haven't put maybe another glass over building it. over it yeah, or a, a railway yes. something, I don't know. Something, if we go around the side, you can sure. see the actual... It's the graveyard where, in previous times, unconsecrated people, sinners, down and outs, prostitutes, criminals, yeah. Who, who, or unbaptized people, uh, non people who the church it didn't conform to what they considered yes. to be. A so they, this, they were put, their right. graves were put here, and it, it gradually turned into a, um, a sort of monument to them. And here you've got a fence with ribbons, hundreds of ribbons, to all the people who died. Yeah. You can see through if you find a gap in all these ribbons and tributes. Here we are. Oh, yes. There you can see the graveyard itself. Yeah. It's really. It's, it's a big look, space a actually. Isn't it? Icon there. There's yes, a Mary with angels and yeah. candles and there's a few gravestones but not many. I think it's the, the fact that it's a, just a. It's the fact a very of its is special site. It? Yes, it's a. It's a very much respected site and there's a whole blurb about it as yeah, well. Visiting yeah, there's and a everything lot. that people can come and. This is Come still the Crossbones graveyard. The Bishop of Winchester allowed it to happen from Clink Street. As we go further east, you see more of maybe what's recognised as famous bits. Mm. What I kind of quite like about this, the bit we've been going on, is it's kind of the also ran bit. It's not the famous kind of London dungeon area, and yes. it's not the Tower of London. It doesn't have any of the sort of iconic stories. It's got this kind of... It's got its own story going on, yeah, really, at a yeah. totally different level that you have to go and explore and find for yourself, as it's not... Yeah. Um, I read a great book by Sean Rees about um, the Defoe character, called Mont Flanders, mm -hmm. um, based on the idea that Mont Flanders and people like her were sent away to colonies, to, to America, to penal colonies, and quite a lot of them escaped and came back. Did they? Um, and Sean Rees has found various evidence, she's a great historian writer, mm -hmm. um, of ones who had come back and, and sort of used Mole Flanders as a starting point. Yes. And this woman she follows came back here to this area. Yes. And once you were in, I don't know exactly where the gate was, but there was an area which had a fence and a gate where the police wouldn't dare go inside. And it was it was around here, mm -hmm. perhaps this graveyard's part of it. Yes. And if you, if you think, I, 
you know, I've been sentenced to hang or I've been sentenced to life in a penal colony in America or Australia. And in fact, you've jumped ship and you've managed to get back to yes. England. Where, where do you go? Well, good question. Because, yeah. there's no, you know, and so you'd come here, knock on the gate, presumably, and they'd say, you know, how bad have you been? Yeah, and yeah. Said, I've been very bad. And they said, do you come I'll in? Come in, yes. Oh, you haven't been bad enough, no, you're not yes. <laughs> But the police would not, you know, dare go in. Yeah, it was yes. a, it, it was, but it actually had a gate and a fence around it. Oh, my goodness. So the history behind the area is obviously massive. And how did you manage to pull out the bits that... Did you just research the whole area and pull out bits and to apply to the book to create the story? Well, or was it your imagination that doing you... Doing the book has been... Oh, look, here's a good chance. What we've stumbled on here, we're now crossing uh, Blackfriars Road. Yeah. Let's cross now, yeah. I love these old ghost signs as Church well, you know, on the, on the old buildings. Paris, Antwerp, the old clothing company, Albion House. If we look through these little peaky holes, here we are. This one looks good for us. You can go for the tall one, I'll go for yeah, the small one. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> so we're on Borough High Street. It doesn't yeah. look much, does it? It's a no. load of girders. Work stopped. Yes because of the pandemic. load of girders holding up a wall. Holding up the walls but either side. It's quite side a big buildings. space. It used to be a lovely row of shops with a very nice optician in it, but it's gone. Yes. And they had to do, as you do when you develop. Some archeology. span Yeah. Yeah. And it's quite an important Roman site. Which is not surprising considering Londinium yeah. <laughs> is from its beginning. I mean, yes. most of Roman London is north of the, north of the river. Mm. We're south of the river here, yep. and there's been quite a lot of, more than they thought of Roman finds right. um, down this way. Okay. Um, and your, um, your, your book, Jeremiah, actually goes back to Roman times and, and dumps yes, your yes. character there dumps for a while. Dumps the baddie there. <laughs> You're the baddie. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I like playing the baddie. <laughs> I think you played it very well. Um, thank you. <laughs> and yeah, he does. It's not quite uh, Roman times, as in there's not many Romans about. Mm. And there might be some Druids. Yes. But there was a big upheaval. I haven't yet decided exactly when to date that bit. There so was again, a big upheaval. What? Yes. When, the, when they left, the Romans. Because there were, you know, there were theatres, colleges, it was a Roman city. Mm -hmm. And then they left and within a very short space of time, it was back to, you know, a bit of a mess. Yes, yes. We the east know. end, north of the river, is kind of where Londinium started. And they had a pontoon that went across. Yes. Um, and then I think they built a bridge when Claudius invaded. But the west end is more Saxon. Right. So the East End is where you get so, kind of Money Street, Pudding Lane, yeah. Bread Street, business, work, do it, Roman bit. And up the West End you've got, let's go up here. Okay. Um, you've got the... Uh, Taking me down all the best alleys. Yeah, <laughs> the pubs and the, you know, the Saxon bit up in the West End is where all the, where all the drinking bars and the... And the, the, the names actually are, oof, are the... I know, it's stinky, here, isn't it? Thank Ooh, you for taking God, me down this one. <laughs> You're getting me back into sort of the tanners, yes. the tanners time. It's wee wee. Let's <laughs> yeah, just it be is, yes. honest about it. <laughs> modern, yeah. Modern smells. But the reason we come here is because this is the old wall of mm -hmm. the Marshalsea prison. 
Is it? Okay. Yeah. I didn't realise that. It's a lovely old brick as wall. As far as I know. Yes. Um, and you can see through to the... Actually, the gate's open. Oh, fantastic. Go into the gardens, which is a bit St. of a... St George's Churchyard Gardens. Yeah. How are we today? I'm usually a little bit trepidatious coming in here because it's a sort of meeting place for... It doesn't seem yeah. like anybody's anyway, really the, around this is the today. Gate. Yeah. I'll spin around. Yeah. Where, um, I like to imagine. Yeah. Dickens would have come to visit his dad. Both the Surrey County and Marshalsea prisons had a long, thin site running towards the present Tennis Street. This way. There we go. Well, we're doing an awful lot of sort of history past. <laughs> yes, we are. So let's go into the future. Because I listened to the audio and I haven't read the book as yet. Yeah, um, yeah. It very much touched on the future. And yet all the characters' names were from the past. You had Dickensian and, and yes, um, yes. Virgili Virgilius, is it? Uh, Virgilius, yes. Virgil and and um, Toto. Plutarch. Plutarch. And Toto was the leader, I think. Chairman Toto. And um, I can't remember if she's in the recording, but Beetle John Manto. Okay, no, she's is, not is, in the recording. She's one of the main annoying characters. Okay. And so in the future, in the description of the book, it's referred to as having steampunk vibes, which really? I actually have to say, I had to look up because I had no idea what steampunk that vibes sounds like were. One thing. Well, how can I <laughs> describe this? <laughs> and my understanding of it was to do with applying mechanical and electrical inventions from the 19th century and putting a, putting a modernist spin on it in yeah. the future. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough because crossing a busy street so yes I imagined a time after we've had a digital meltdown not just one but actually two if you, if you think how much of our lives are virtual now yes and you know Zuckerberg actually making a, an avatar of himself mm -hmm. and saying this will be the future of life and you think what so if I break my arm you're just gonna what are you gonna do here we are this is Roman we're in the middle of a, of a sort of supermarket housing estate, very modern building, gym. with a gym on the right. And here we look at something in Latin, celebrated citizen, the blah, 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 the date. You any good at those VM? Oh, it's all. I'm absolutely useless. NVM, AVGG, Deomatica, MVLO, Tiberini, Tiberius maybe? Tiberius, yeah. In the reign of Deomatica. Deum God. <laughs> Moritix Londiniesi. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, now I'm no good at Sorry, it. Sorry, I'm no good at it either. But so there's a stone there. There yeah. we are. We're walking over it. Little hints of, know, of the parts it, all it? around the, the, the modern. As people stand with their headphones listening to music, yeah, but, and yeah. they're not standing that year on bicycles or some kind of running machine. But then, if, yes, if you imagine that there was a serious meltdown, either by somebody deliberately switching the button off. Yes. You know, digital warfare, or just more likely, in my opinion, it just doesn't work. Yes. Most of the stuff is beginning to get so clogged, isn't it? Yep. If you want to do anything online, there's seven stages of different security, and I agree, and this and that. It becomes more and more complex. And if one imagines that it just folded, someone turned the switch off, it just floated away like a balloon, mm -hmm. a helium balloon, with all our data in it. Right. And we're left with no data. 
then the person who knows how to make wheels, a carter, you know, yes, a carpenter, uh, cooks, people who know how to skin an animal. Yeah. All of those people are going to be not just skin an animal, how to literally, how to, rather like Fahrenheit 451, anyone who can remember the books. Yes. So it will all have started again. Okay. And for convenience, I invented, well, I didn't invent it, it exists, a way of storing waste um, and of using glass technology. Yes. Um, and steam. So they have got old steam engines working their doors. As you say, a steampunk. Yes. Um, but they're using chemistry as well. So okay. they're using vitrification. It's a system of fixing things in glass. Glass, yeah, You put them on a Petri dish. Yes. And you could, in, in theory, again, this is non-invented yet science, but in theory, you could possibly um, store nuclear waste in glass. Wow, okay. Actually, in the book, Jeremiah's arm is fixed, isn't it? He goes into yes, the future and is fixed by having right. a glass... A liquid glass. Liquid glass put around his arm. A liquid glass fix. Yes. Yes, you have to use your imagination a little bit on that one, I think. <laughs> I'm very but, good at using my imagination, so yeah, I had no problem with that, yeah. with that. No, I like things when it's based in science and then just takes a little bit of a flight of fancy. But the language you used was interesting too, which obviously I've only heard the audio and I haven't read the book, but the way they speak, you know, sit, sit, it's fix, fix. Yes. And, um, and you're, you go I've, away. I, that doesn't exist in the book Oh, does it anymore, not? No, okay, so. If you're reading a book and there's a lot of characters and a lot of story to happen, in the, there's a lot more story in the future now. Yes, oh, okay. It becomes, it's it becomes too difficult. quite tiresome to read people yes. talking in a futuristic language. Yes. And in the audio, as I said, it's a bit more Doctor Who-y. Mm -hmm. So the future people have to talk in a kind of, we are not like your people, you know, they slightly okay. do that. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, which I spent a long time inventing it and I put some Hindi words in and I put some Japanese words in. Yes, because you use the word namas, but not yeah. namaste. So yeah. it was like the colloquial. Yeah, because I would, I would imagine language does, language obviously evolves. evolves. Yes, changes. yes. We've got well, Hindi has an awful lot of English words in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've got an awful lot of Hindi words in English. Yeah. You inherit I'm, words, don't you? We Bungalow. Do. Yeah, exactly. There's another one, you know. Um, well, this ties in very nicely with a, a question. I'm going to come in from a totally different direction. I read on your website, actually, oh, yeah. that when you were at college, you decided to bunk off and travel to India. Yes, I did. And just on the, sp on the spur of the moment, well, go and sort of, yes. make your way to India, which I think was incredibly intrepid in the 1970s to just... 1971 or two or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, to, I did. To disappear off like that. And um, I, did my, I didn't tell my parents either, which is, which is very naughty of me. And I was gone for six months and I got sick as a dog. Did you? Yeah. And I went to India and became... Afterwards, I was sort of scared of going back there because I, I was in hospital with tropical diseases for some month. Were you as and, a result? Um, and I went, it was a mate of mine was, in, was a, one of those sannyasins. And he said, you've got to come to the next meditation camp. It's just great being dressing in orange and having Rajneesh give you a new name. And all your problems will just all go away. So I just went off on my own with very little money. Mm. And um, 
joined him there and I did find the sannyasins. He, he'd gone completely hysterical and obsessed with oh, the guru and the, the life of that. And I did meet Rajneesh, who renamed me. Right. He sort of got a turning off for not wearing orange and not wearing the beads with his photograph on them. And then I did, I did a day of it and I just thought, this isn't, this is not me. It's not you. No. And the people, the Europeans were, because I was in the village, it took place for two weeks before I got there early. Yes. So I got to know Mr. Areen, the shoemaker, shoe shop owner. Yes. And a few people, and, and they, they had last week's guru's photo on the wall of the hotels, mm. the, the rooms I was staying in. And they said, oh, it's Rajneesh. So they turned the photo around and put Rajneesh's photo in for the next bunch of gullible Westerners <laughs> who were all hysterical and really vulnerable to, you know, there was a big need, obviously, for some kind of break in, this is 1970, you know, traditional yes. British education, all that. Big need for new spiritual goals. Healing. <laughs> yes, and all of that. But it, it, it wasn't half exploited by people like Rajneesh. Yeah, yeah, yes. Who, it seemed to me, and there's been lots written about him since, and a yeah. whole documentary series, okay. seemed to me that they got carried away with, with the sort of power of it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I came back, and I didn't dare go back for 10 years, but it still lingered on, because there's a, I don't know, people who've spent, you've spent a lot of time in India. I have not been to India. My mother was ah, born in India. Oh, right, oh, right. Well, she, she's from, actually, Irish parents, but they were also born, one was born in England, one was born in right. India, so it's just, there's oh. a, yeah. It, it, it but exerts, I'd love to go, I haven't been to it. A, 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 a considerable you know, pang, a hook on you yes. somehow. So yeah. for 10 years I didn't go, even maybe longer. Okay. Then I started going back again. I've been back eight times since. Have you? Yes. And I learned for a few years, I tried to learn. I learned Devnagari's script and Hindi so I could speak the language. So okay. when I went back eventually to see Mr. Areen, who'd been so kind to me, I was sick, you know. He, yes. he, was, a, he was a guy. I went back and was able to find his shop in the bazaar wow. and say, in Hindi, you know, is your father still alive? No, he wasn't. There was a picture of him on the wall. Yes. With the with the stuff all around it, and and but I met his son and his grandchildren, and it just felt so so much of a sort of completion of the of the disaster of my life, which was getting so sick when I was <laughs> eighteen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, going back there and saying, being able to say, your father was a really good man. He looked after me while I was sick, and then Uncle So-and-so came in and said hello and gave us a great big book of photographs of them with some British politician. He wanted me to give it to Lady, it wasn't Lady Warsi, but it was some, I can't remember the name, mm. which I took this great big family out. Anyway, it was um, brilliant to go there, but I've been to most, but not in the middle. Yeah. I've been to Orissa, which was pretty incredible. Okay. Been to Calcutta and the Ganges, um, Varanasi and Kerala. Bombay, Tamil Nadu, and I got, I got sort of obsessed with it for a while, mm. and I, I still am in terms of finding out what it's really like, not um, for going on ashrams and yoga and all of that. No. To actually find out what, if you talk to the actual people, find out the politics, and I read more, you know, Ramachandra Guha or Amartya Sen, the economics, mm -hmm. find that if you talk to most of the Indian people in India that I've met, the first thing they're asking about, well, apart from who is your family, yes. 
is, you know, where's the money? <laughs> how, how are you earning a living? Where are you in society? What's the... Some of them say, oh, I need to go and wear white and join a religion. But mm -hmm. we've got religions here. It's, it, 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 I think it's another thing that I think is a bit misunderstood. I read somewhere that even in is it Stanford University, in a university library yes. in America, it might be Berkeley, it might be Stanford, if you look under India, you're, you're looking, where, where's the stuff about India? You have to look under religion. Whoa. Which is not right. No. That's really not right. How extraordinary. Because it's the, the politics and the history of it. Yeah, yeah. Are, are really fascinating. Yeah, and to yes. see a different, it's just a different view of the world. Yeah. I'm not, I, I kind of haven't been for some years, not since Modi got into power now. Mm -hmm. Last time I went, he was just, there were posters of him everywhere, he was just about to get into power. Right. Um, so I haven't been for a while. And it's quite hard work. Yes, that's what I've heard. But, but I have to go Especially if you point. have a tendency to stomach oh, yes. uh, conditions, which yeah, that's I what now that's, do. That's what, uh... you, you, it, it, it's not the easiest place to visit, no. but it is absolutely thrilling. Yes, it, I it, think it's, it's very exciting, and the people are so inquisitive and annoying and brilliant. You know, they're, it's, it's they're everything. I get yeah, under yeah. your skin. Do they? It, the whole place really has a, a smell of it, which can be awful, mm. and can be magnificent. The, the whole culture and the the vibe, yeah, is some, something else. Yes, but I'm I'm not sure I would want to go back. The reason we're standing here, freezing. Can I just can I just wind up though on that because oh, yeah. you said yeah. you mentioned there's a quote which I I really liked that you yeah. written about about your trip there. Yeah. And you said at the end that despite all the travel that you've done around the world, the greatest adventure you've had is with the family as an adventure ah, of yes, family. And yes. I really loved that that phrase. Well, that's that's the, I've got a little Ganesh statue, the god of, mm. for actors, new beginnings, mm -hmm. um, you know, good luck guy. He's the, he's the one with the elephant head. Right, okay. Chubby chap, sits yes. on the rat. Does he? Okay. Um, that, they've all got an animal, you know. Yes. Uh, um, Nanda the cow is, oh, I can't remember, i probably get that wrong. I think it's Krishna's. I don't know. Nanda the cow. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. His one is a, is a rat. And his dad, uh, Shiva and Parvati, his mum, are, are handing out the godheads. Right. So we've got one more godhead left. That's the god of travel. No, that, nobody's claimed that yet. Anybody want that? And all the sons said, yeah, I'll have that. Give me that. So he's got to choose which son to give it to. Mm. So he says, okay, I can't, whoever can go round the world and first back here to your mum and dad can be the god of travel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the brothers, there's a cloud of dust while the brothers <laughs> go off on their, um, you know, horses. One of them takes a boat. One of them gets on a camel, uh, you know, cart, and they all rush off onto the horizon. And, and of course, Ganesh is a chubby fellow who likes sweets. He's also the sort of god of cakes and sweets and things like that. Yes. So we like him. Um, he says to his, to his rat, um, he gets on his rat and says, could you walk round my mother and father, please? And he waddles round, gets off and says, I'm home. <laughs> and... and um, the dad says, you know, I told you to go around the world. He says, my mum and dad are the world. Right answer. You can be the god of travel. Wow. Which is, a, I don't even know if it's actually true. That okay. Somebody told me that. He's probably yeah, yes. making it up. Yeah. Yes. But it's great. But I love that, that whole idea of family, because it, family can mean yeah. so many things as well. My family is the world to me. And, yes. that, and that's what's interesting as well about their, you know, that's what they say about their marriage. You think you go off and marry someone you met at university. Mm. 
for an Indian family on the whole, this family is marrying that family, mm. mm -hmm. which can be a blessing and a curse. Mm. Many people I know say, I'm, so you've got all the aunties. You've yeah. just inherited all those aunties. Um, <laughs> but it could also be a blessing to feel that you're part of a massive network of people. Yes, particularly if you're an only child or not, you know, not part of a big family. Or yeah, something. yeah. So I don't know. It, it just interests me how yeah. different that is. Yes, yeah, yes, for sure. You know, the god of travel. Yes, you should have a, if you ever get your bookshop back. You the could, um, you could have my Ganesh actually, because I don't really have room for, he's quite big. He's about he? that size. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he's quite and he's very garishly painted, you know, he? like, okay. you, like, like a proper Indian colourful thing. Fantastic. The god of travel. Well, it would have to be colourful if it's a god of travel. I yeah, think. yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank so you for sharing that with me. Yeah, <laughs> no, and I love it. So coming back to coming where back we, to are we are at the we're moment. We're in uh, Trinity Church Square. That's mm -hmm. the Henry Wood Hall where the orchestra rehearses. Yes. Um, and that's a statue of King Alfred. Okay. Which was reported to be the oldest outdoor statue in London. And then last year they they um, renovated it. We had several people and scaffold and experts, stonemasons and archaeologists, renovating. Um, and they said, no, this is a lot older than, you, than we thought. And if okay. you look from the waist down, mm -hmm. that's actually a Roman statue of Minerva. Is it really? Oh my goodness. It's, it's different stone from the stuff above the waist. Yes. You see from the knee as well there. Yeah. Like that. yeah. And that's actually, I not an expert that one from Bath, Bath okay, Stone Bath or something. Stone, yes, it's a very soft stone. The Bath and stone. is there would have been uh, Roman temples, yes, in London, of course, yes. And that would have been part of the temple to Minerva. Wow. And it's been hanging around, and and so they shoved when King Alfred united the country, Wessex mm -hmm. and the rest of the country. They made a statue to him, which is also pretty damn old, and. The hands and bits of the face and hair yes. are 2021. Okay. So he stretches a century. He stretches millennia. Yes. So That's his, his legs could well be 2,000 years old, mm. which is... That's phenomenal, really, isn't it? it? Sort of, yes, makes you stop and think, doesn't it? It's a really nice statue, actually. It's beautifully carved. And now, beautifully illuminated, they really... Yes went to town on thinking, mm. you know, we've got this, let's make it good. Yes. Um, oh, I'm the wrong way around. Yeah. This <laughs> Did and a little pirouette. <laughs> Trinity, Trinity Church Square, which people will probably recognise from endless TV series. Yes. They're always filming here because it's perfect. It's a perfect Georgian Square. Everything's the same, yeah, same black doors, black yeah. uh, paintwork around the windows. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, perfect, it, it really is perfect isn't it yeah As a, we've had eddie redmayne we've had anthony head we've had you know so many people came here to film the last yeah. lot where tom hanks and steven Spielberg turned it into a second world war thing and built a whole bombsite house at the top end of it really <laughs> yeah it's interesting isn't it how the different parts of london link together and you go from old to new to to Roman to isn't it? It's incredible. And then and then 1960s and and if you keep, I mean, for instance, 
I've never even noticed those lamp posts before, the lamps. Yeah, the gas, old gas lamps, aren't how they? Old, how old are they? Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I've never even noticed that before. Look around, and we'll go down here. We're just stopping for a quick stop. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so where are we going to pick up from? We've just come... Well, we've just finished looking at Alfred the Great Minerva. That's right, yes. And the reason you're taking us on this route is because so much of this route is talked about in the, in the, in book. the book. Jeremiah Born in Time, yes. And is it talked about in the future as well? Um, some of it is. In fact, yes, in the future, uh, they go to County Hall. Right. Where we didn't visit today. I like to imagine a future that had bits of the past in it. So this, if you think, in, here are we, it's 2022, we just walked through bits and we saw Roman bits, we saw 18th century bits, we've seen 17th century, you know, we've seen so many different centuries. Yes. So if you imagine yourself in 100 years from now, it's not going to all look like Blade Runner. It's going to have, it's not going to all look plastic and it's going to have half these old buildings still there mm. looking at you, maybe being used for something different. Yes. It's all going to look different, isn't it? Well, particularly if we do start to embrace the whole idea of upcycling, reusing, less plastic, then perhaps everything is going in a direction that, yeah. that is actually going to be much better for the future than it is currently. Yeah. Having said that, a lot of these buildings were not very environmentally, you know, insulation well, exactly. was a new idea. Yes, you know, yes. And it was considered the futuristic thing at the time. But this turned out to some be of those, uh, those old buildings, rattling windows, drafty, losing heat all the time, you know, and the wood smoke, the coal, and polluting people's lungs. It was, it was much worse before. Yes, yes. You know, it was really bad. Yes, true. If we go up that way and you can cut through to the leather market, we could go this way. Where are we? Quarter past four. Should we just go and look at the back of Guy's Hospital? Yes, OK. If you wanted to get as far as London Bridge, so I'm happy to get to the river if you like. Yeah, you well, we can do that, but I suppose there's not much at the leather market. Talk there's just the leather market building. That's, yes. that's sort of it. And Bermondsey Street. We'll see how we go. Yes. But, but this is the next port of call, probably, yeah. I've known this area for more than 20 years but mm -hmm. in the 20 years I've been here it's I mean the shard wasn't there no um, but none of these little gardens it, it's all been so done up yes. well, when I first came here I had a job first time I ever got paid I think for anything was working in Bermondsey Market in oh, the antiques it? market really which isn't really there anymore or it's a it's a very uh it's a bit sort of posh the area now yes. because of Bermondsey Street there's a cinema it's nice it's Lots nice of restaurants but it's not and but it was it was a pretty well it was like it was an antiques market with a lot of stuff shoved on tables and mm -hmm. I don't remember it that clearly actually but certainly coming out this way was not it's not somewhere you and I would have strolled around saying oh shall we talk about books ha, ha. you know <laughs> yeah, no, uh, even... that wouldn't have happened no. around here no. 40 years ago yes that's the thing it's a lot has changed in this in this neighborhood in the last 40 years for sure a lot yes absolutely. because i read that the last 
leather market or leather manufacturing building closed in, is it 1997 or something? So that's really? actually very recent. Yes, gosh, that is, isn't it? Although most of the and of course, actual yeah, tannering go had gone northwards to the, up to the Midlands. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, sorry, I interrupted you there. No, I interrupted you. And, and um, the thing that astonished me is, the, because I used to live on one, um, the lighter barges, um, the big, like a skip, they're barges that look like a massive skip. Like the big Dutch barges, you mean? And the Dutch barges are more curvy and right. have a little wheelhouse room at the back. Yes. The lighter barges are literally those ones, wedge-ended, big skips. Okay. That oh, carry yes. freight. Yes. And you nowadays, lived on one of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the, the houseboat on it. Yes. In, in posh Chelsea. Okay. Very nice little houseboat. Yeah. Well, big houseboat. 80 foot by 20 foot. Wow. Um, a, yeah. But I was interested in them because, because I lived on one and um, they were going carrying freight from uh, the dockland down to even as far as Chelsea where mm -hmm. there were cranes to pick it in. Yes. And Fulham, Putney, Hammersmith. Yes. They were carrying the coal and the tea and the sugar and all of the stuff right up till 1967, I think. Okay. Since the 14th century. Oh, it's amazing, a length so, of time. Yeah. What have we lost? And the skills, they used to be, it was one guy with an oar standing really? on the back of it. Wow. And you'd know how to work the tides yes. to take that many tonnes of stuff That's down or up That's incredible, isn't it? They were incredible. Can you imagine the muscles on that guy? Yeah. But also the skill, yes. which one hopes but hasn't been lost. When it was, it was tidal as well, the, the river at exactly. that point. So it would have been a lot. Uh, but, more um, challenging. Well, it is, it's tidal still there. The oh, tide used to it come is, in yes. and out underneath my boat and you'd have to hope that it didn't wash anything underneath so that when you tide came down again, you landed on a tree root or, or a, pit, a fridge <laughs> or something that had been dropped in so there. Th yes, that's true. Here. <laughs> which actually takes me on to the, the whole aspect of mudlarking as well, which you mentioned oh, yeah, uh, yeah. quite there's a bit. A, there's this. a book on that. Um, Recently, I can't remember the name of the writer. Uh, she's, um, oh, it's called Mudlarking. Yes. She's quite expert on it. But it's become a very trendy thing to do now, whereas back in 1910, it was a, a yeah. matter of trying to, of survival for, for yeah. those who and had and it was dangerous, because if you cut your foot on something, because you'd be in the mud. Yes. You could cut your foot on a bit of something and go septic and die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because it's sewage as well, isn't it? So it's sewage, yes, mm. it was all not. So here, what we're about to do here, Borough High Street's up there, yes. but we're back here on New Common Street, and we're turning right into the beautiful back door, as it were, of Guy's Hospital. We're in a lovely position. We're sandwiched between the new building on our right yes. and the old buildings on our left and ahead of us. Yep. And the brickwork is the telltale sign of how old everything is as well. It's this, well, let's it's go this to history, the right. yep. isn't it? Yes. So the old um, red bricks or the London stock bricks are, yeah. are clearly yeah. denote its era. And the beautiful sort of Palladian. Yes. And the style uh, of architecture, architecture, of course. Yes. Yeah, look. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? Rooms. I don't think Oops. I've ever come through Mine's here in, um, to, in winter. So normally it's covered in ivy and yes, stuff and you can't yes. see it so this is a great time to come and see it yeah absolutely a hum of a, big a vaccine marquee. center oh, a vaccine, center. vaccine center of course yeah Cues what else could gone. it be yeah. 
Um, is there used to be, um, is there normally a market here, um, a farmer's market in, is yeah, it in this yeah. garden? And the buildings all have these triangular roofs and then mm. one, two, three, four storeys. Oh, and there's some drills I can hear up ahead. I hope they're not to the left, which is where I was hoping we'd go. They're constantly doing work around the back of here, aren't they? The guy's hospital. And these magnificent buildings. They are, aren't they? And of course, there's the shard. So we're right at the foot of the shard. Yeah. When you're... I want to go down there. Is it going to let us? Yeah. Yes, it will. And if you can see through there, I wonder if it'll let us go through there, actually. Looks like it will. Yeah, there's a little old courtyard with a statue of John Keats. Oh, yes, we will get through. Who trained here. Should we just have a peek at that before yes. going down there? Yeah. It'd be great to be a, a student here, wouldn't it? Oh, I know, with all the old... This was your sort of, sort of hall of residence or whatever. It's this arcade. Yes, we're in a, an arcade with statues and here's a, a rather romantic statue of the poet John Keats who oh, trained as a surgeon this. here. Did he really? I didn't realise yes. that. Okay. I, I say trained as a surgeon, I know he trained here. I don't know if he qualified as a surgeon, but the statue's rather lovely because yes, it it's not your normal stand on a plinth and look grand statue. It's a statue of him sitting ruminatively yes. on a little curvy bench in an alcove. Yeah, it looks very kind he's of just, diminutive character, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, sitting there thinking, but he sort of gives off more power like that, I think. He does. Yeah. Than if he was a big show off on a plinth. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's very yeah. thought-provoking, isn't it? It is. Just it's lovely. Lovely statue of him. Yeah. I'd never noticed that before, but and mind you, it isn't often I've All above us, we're looking straight up at the shard, yep. and then at the base of the shard, we're in what looks like an 18th century courtyard. Yes. Yes, it's just... black and white tiled, mosaic tiled corridor in a sort of cloister, and there's the other centre. Let's not go down there. That would be to London Bridge Road. And okay. there's oh, London yes. Bridge. You can see the buses at the top. So if we go this way, mm -hmm. we can wiggle through the old back streets here, where the famous pub that I've forgotten, the famous name of the famous pub. <laughs> um, it's so famous, I don't yeah. remember it. <laughs> and in fact, I've even played it. It was, it was the Shakespeare pub, the, the tavern on Borough High Street. You go in one of the sides. Oh, is it? It's not the George... The George Inn, yeah, George I think Inn. that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. that's an old Shakespearean pub. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, with the sort of balconies, the wooden yes. balconies. It's above. a fantastic I pub. Actually, I actually acted in that when I Did was, you? Oh, you know, early teens, 16. Really? So in your a, in acting career or love of acting started very, oh, yeah. very, very, very young. Very, very young, yes. Here we are. But so you're actually are. A, a born and bred Londoner, though. Yes. In yes, I am. Where were you but born? I'm more West London than South okay. East. I've been in South East 25 years, but not quite 25 years, but uh, West London, yes. Okay. Most of my earlier life was spent Hammersmith, Fulham, Chelsea, and my childhood was spent in Mortlake. Okay. So South West London. Yes. So I'm well used to the South West region trains <laughs> to get anywhere. Yeah, yes. You'd yes. have to get on that train. And which part of London resonates with you the most, would you say? Well, resonates... Hmm. Around here has a pretty strong pull. Yes. Um, but what I do miss is, uh, I, you know, I like the idea of urban suburbs where you can get a bit of a park, you know, Richmond Park, Hampstead Heath. Yes. Something. Not so sure about living in the country. Mm -hmm. But actually having a bit more green. A bit more of an urban lung, as it were, yeah. to breathe yeah, fresh air. Because or this feel. is, although it's magnificent here, yes. 
especially in the lockdown, you think, right, I'm going for a walk again. Amazing, you know, walk over Southwark Bridge and see the old buildings. It is amazing, but after a while, you just crave trees. Yes, greenery and trees. Big trees, yeah. you know. And so I don't know. I, I think I'd be bored, though, without mm. the stimulus and all that. Yeah, yeah. So you see this alley. Yes. There we are. And it's a similar alley to this, the Shakespeare pub. King's Head Yard, yes, I think it's... I um, just can't remember. This is the old King's Head. Is the George that way or that way? I think the George it's is... It's that way. Shall we just quickly... Yes, definitely. We crossed yeah, okay. Barrow High Street here earlier on when we looked through at the Roman ruins. Yeah, that's right. That I didn't look very which... Roman and <laughs> did look quite ruined. <laughs> and we're right up the top end now. Yeah, this is the bank that I used to cycle to from Lower Marsh, the HSBC, with all the oh, cash. Really? <laughs> That's a long way to come, for a fact. It's not alley, that alley. It's, not it's the next one, I think. Not yeah, there the we go, the George, one. it says. There we are, the George. Well done remembering that, thank you. Yeah. Save my... Um... Well, I used to work for an architect's practice just Did you? up here. Which one? Dannett Johnson and Trevor oh. Dannett, who sadly died the beginning of last year oh. was one of the architects who was responsible for the Royal Festival Hall, building of the, oh, so old. the design of it. So yes, he yeah. died at the age of 101. Wow. So, and... Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I think it all went sort of horribly wrong. That's for the Festival the, of Britain. With the big glass. This is fantastic. I love this, this pub and the whole... And bar. again, we're below the shard. Yeah. But we've got what looks like we're going back to the 15th century now. Yes. Barrels stacked outside. Outside seating for a big pub. It is. The George. The only writer we've left out of the equation around here is Geoffrey Chaucer. Mm -hmm. Because of course That's we decided course. to come up by Guy's Hospital. Yes. Uh, whereas the alternative route would have been through Tabard Park. And around there is, the, is where the Canterbury Pilgrims would have left from. Because I was going to comment, but we were walking and yeah, we went. Yeah. We came along Pilgrimage Street. That's right. And of course, I didn't click then, but that's yeah. why. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, that's when yeah. we made that choice. Shall we go? Yeah. Shall we go Keats or, Gar or Chaucer? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we thought, and we thought Keats. Oh look, there's a picture of Dickens up there, actually, through the window. We're looking. Oh yes. Of the George. And where did you um, perform in? The when I did it, it was down that bottom end. I doubt if that, there's a thing called London School of Commerce, which is obviously a new build, so I would have been 17, so mm -hmm. we're talking 50 years ago. Right. So I should think that London Central Commerce probably wasn't there. Yes. But they, they built a wooden stage. Yes. That way, across the bottom of the yard, with the seating here. Mm -hmm. And it was a amateur dramatics, it was an amateur dramatic uh, festival that happened every year of Shakespeare, we were doing either the Merry Wives of Windsor or Richard III. I was one of the princes in the tower, if it was Richard III. Right. And I was um, Fenton, the young beau, if, if it was <laughs> Merry Wives of Windsor. And have you been back to perform here no. in your career? No. I mean, I don't know if they do performances here anymore. I think sometimes in the summer they've done things, but um, yeah, it's a good question whether they do. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a very hard question to ask you, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Out yeah. of all the characters that you've played in your career, yes. which has been the most enjoyable character to play? Whether it's been TV, theatre, amateur dramatics? Across here. Um, I enjoy the ones that come from my own sort of creation of the character. Like Neil is... I was doing Neil 
you know, years before the young ones. Yes. And so I feel I've sort of invested in that character. Yes. And likewise, Nicholas Craig is my invented alter ego. When you're sort of almost doing an alter ego, or you've got a relationship with a writer who just gets what you're up to. Yes. Um, those are good. So Den Dennis in the Bad News films that I did for the comic strip. Mm -hmm. That's kind of created for me by Adrian Edmondson, who wrote it. Mm -hmm. And you're writing for for your own type, for your yes. own character. Yes. And those ones, you just have that feeling that I can be really funny in this. Okay. <laughs> and that's a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah yes. I can. Uh, you feel comfortable and familiar with the character almost that you yeah, can. Yeah, I just it's a sort of feeling of power. I think that's right. Whereas when you're kind of learning lines you've auditioned for a role I mean I auditioned for a role recently got the part in Netflix playing a baddie not allowed to say they make you sign a non-disclosure these days yes uh, so I can't say what it is okay I've very much enjoyed that mm -hmm. but it's a different thing yes from knowing how someone make you can make up your own script then if you've got the character like that you can just improvise in that character and be that person yes and that's the most satisfying thing yeah it's just to be able to do interviews in character. Yes. That's a, that's a real buzz. Mm -hmm. Acting's quite, quite good. I played Peter Mandelson, which was very skillful. I managed to get my voice like him and all of that. Yes. But Did that take some time to Yeah, it's, to a, it's work and it's fun and it's good. Yeah, yes, yeah. But it's not quite the same wild feeling of nobody else can play this part because it's, it's me, you know, I invented this and I'm... Yeah. These are the quote. Nobody else can be Nicholas Craig. Yes. Because it's it's sort of an aspect of me. Yes. Yes. So we're walking through Barrow Market yeah. now. Looking very quiet. Came through here at Christmas time and it was oh, such Pat, a I've stopped coming sad... and got so crowded. Oh, we got crowded. Oh, really? Because really? for me it, it was Christmas really it was empty, was sadly it? quiet and ah. not as busy well, as we used that, to. I mean, yeah. for me it was great because I can't bear it with us too many people. <laughs> well, it can get, but, um, it can crazy. get disgusting. Yeah. And what has been your, what has been your most challenging character to actually create for the book? For the book? Talking of characters. Uh, yeah, so I think Jeremiah has been the hardest because he's, he's got to be there and almost in every scene. Yes. And you don't want him to be boring. Mm. I try to make him witty. I didn't want him to be kind of too cliched heroic, mm -hmm. nor too cliched um, hopeless. Yes. It's quite difficult. Yeah. And then you want him to be attractive. But how do you make him attractive? And he's been quite difficult to get right. I think Sebastian Armesto, who, who played him in the um, audio, yes. got a very good stab at it. Yes. But to be a funny character, it's good if they're a bit they're flawed and hopeless or you know so that when you time travel in a Doctor Who say or in a normal thing people yeah. go wow that's amazing let's get on with the adventure yeah yeah but if it yeah. happened to you you go what the fuck what is going on what happened how do I get back what's happening <laughs> you, it'd be terrifying yeah it? yes it would be but if you just overplay that then it gets a bit boring because you want your hero to do something about yeah. it don't you yes. as well so getting that balance between him being realistically useless and, and sort of recognisably, uh, not dumb, but, you know, recognisably scared and actually having to drive the plot mm. and actually having to say, I've had an idea of how I can 
do this and I'm going, yeah. to, I'm going to do it. Yes, yes. You know, that's been the hard bit to write. Sure. Everything depends on him. But you know. I sometimes think that can come from the, the fact that it's travel. So, I mean, it's travelling in time, but it's yeah. still that sense of travel. And when you travel, at certain points when you travel, particularly independently or by yourself, you're faced with all these challenges and things that you have to suddenly think on your feet of what to do yeah so yeah in those instances sometimes you forget where you are because you've just got to focus on how am I going to get out of this situation or you're, yeah, you're yeah. going in the wrong direction and and I wonder whether that's also I hadn't helped thought of that. the character that drives the plot. I hadn't thought of it as a travel book mm. of course but it is it is very much so because he's on this journey he's yes. got to, so much he's got to cope with yes and whether it's to the future or, or in the past or it's slammed in your face but it's the same like India you go to another mm, a country yeah. where the culture is so different it is it's almost like learn it's, fast, yes yeah, yeah. it's the same kind of yeah you're right thing. it is it is like a travel book in mm. that sense that keeps it going and in a sense I suppose it doesn't matter his character is defined by his actions not by his character traits because he's the lead role you know yes and I see myself as a character act inverted commas character actor so right. I like playing the baddie or the side person or the or the antagonist or the you know yes. playing the protagonist is slightly more boring I think <laughs> and also always start worrying oh you know am I good looking enough <laughs> to play the protagonist has got to be kind of and has to has to do you know what I mean has to sort of drive it and be the one everybody identifies with and, yes. I, and I get a bit you know I, that starts to freak me out a bit. <laughs> I prefer dissolving myself into some strange and usually perverted sort of character or some sort of strange manifestation of me, some aspect of me. Mm. That's, that's, that's where I feel I'm in my strength. When I've played lead roles, I'm okay. I can yes. do it. Yes. You could have someone else as well. Whereas the things that I'm, I do best, I think, are slightly odder characters. Right. The book is currently with unbound.com which, yeah, is, that's which right. is there they're publishing it well they're, they're publishing they're actually, their, actually their office is just around here too, oh are they okay. strangely enough okay i didn't realize that um okay. yeah it's with unbound and you've they're got a the crowdfunding publisher we're 53 yeah. percent funded today okay well done congratulations People pledge yes they are a normal publisher except mm -hmm. that to raise the initial capital the money yeah you need something like 400 people to pledge yes and there are various rewards. Mm -hmm. You know, you can come to the launch. John Mitchinson, whose idea Unbound was, is that he's done little lapel badges, or mm. you could have, these have already gone, by the way, you could pledge and have your name in the book, as in all the pledges get the name at the front of the book. Yes, but you could yes. have a character in the book named with your name, or a street, oh. okay. or a shop. Right. So oh my I goodness. can easily do that. And so those are the sort of things you can pledge for. Yes. And I've sent a load of, um, I went to my archive and found a load of old copies of books and records and things I made in the past. So people can pledge for them. Right, okay. Um, and yeah, we're 53%. I don't know, it's a new experience for me. Mm. It's a bit, it is a little tiresome doing so much on social media. Because of you course, have to, yes, you've got to promote it. That's the main it. place yeah, yes. where you can contact people. Yes. The good side of that is you actually get to talk to people mm -hmm. who are fans of that kind of thing mm. and who will actually read the book and will actually enjoy it yes. instead of talking to an agent or a publisher who may be the best in the business at the thing, but you're just another... Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter to them that much. They might not be 
big fans of that kind of thing, or they might, or and and they're just doing their their job. Mm -hmm. Whereas to meet all the people, I've met all sorts of like Terry Pratchett fan groups, because it's I used to do all the audio of Terry Pratchett books. Right. And it's similar in that it's a, a fantasy and it's comedy, and mm -hmm. I learnt a lot from Terry Pratchett. You know, yes. I've, I've sort of tried to emulate him as much as possible. So there's a lot of Terry Pratchett fans who are suddenly interested in these things. You get to actually meet the kind of people who are going to enjoy reading it, yes. which is yes. it is tiresome, but it's also quite rewarding. You think, oh, I see, that's who reads it. And it might help when writing the second book. Mm -hmm. I get that far. Yes. Bearing in mind to get the. F feel of your audience. Yes. So what do they laugh at, you know? Yeah, yes. So this is actually, it is a project in the sense that you, you write the book, people have pledged towards the, the, the big launch of the yeah, book, yeah. Um, and you have that, and hopefully through that you build your, you build your audience, you build and, an you, audience and you yeah. build people's involvement in the second and the third book, but you must have, right. obviously have some kind of structure of where that's going. Do you need the full amount to be able to, uh, or is it an ongoing project? Um, and people can pledge at any, any point, yeah. from £25 up to £1,000, I think it is. Yeah with the idea that as the money comes in you'll write more or are you writing no I, I mean I've written it you've written yes. it okay. I've written it to, so to Unbound and they read it I think you can send a proposal to Unbound yes but I, I've written it uh, three drafts odd sure okay. if I count the earlier drafts before the audio yes five drafts okay so it's nearly ready to go I'm going to do one more mm -hmm. once it's apart from anything else, to put those people in who pledged for a name. But there's a few things I've thought of since that need to go in now that would be really yes. nice. Yes. Some, some things. But basically, I've written it, they pledge. Once it reaches its budget target, mm -hmm. which John knows, he's done the budget, he's a professional publisher. Yes. Then they print it and sell it as a normal publisher would. Right, OK. So, to the podcast listeners, listening to this oh, unbound.com unbound.com yes but also yeah. it's the fact that if you'd like to get a taster for what the book is about you can listen to the audio which is doesn't cover the whole book yeah, yeah. or what is the other you can listen to your little I've um, done lots of uh, extracts extracts yes on Twitter um, and Instagram yeah and on the if you go to the unbound site I've done a few yes they're me reading it as if I was doing an audio book. Yes, yes. Because that's quite fun. I do like reading. I do a lot of audio books. The mm. audio that we were talking about is fully dramatised with Celia Imrie and Tim McInerney and Sophie Thompson and Chris Ryan and sorry anyone I've forgotten. It's a massive, incredible cast. A big cast. cast, yes. But what's also fun is reading it out, playing all the parts yourself. It's, yes, yes. And uh, I enjoy doing that. So I started to to. Um, just do little extracts mm -hmm. which are going out on the on the site mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and maybe one day I'll get to do that too the whole audio book although I don't know I'd have to make sure big finish the company were happy for me to record an audio but I think it would I, I think, think it should be because yeah, it's, it's just another medium both, isn't it it's another medium both products don't yeah, they usually definitely so yeah the main motive for it I suppose was I've written novels in the past but they were from the heart and they were comedies but they were sort of contemporary mm -hmm. and that was a fairly long time ago as well and it's to find something that would be fun to do as you say as a project 
rather than my great, you know, this is my big statement about the world, is something that I could read out. There's funny characters. That's what I like doing in my job anyway, mm -hmm. is reading out, doing funny characters for other writers. So why not do it for myself? Yes. For the, and hence the sort of Terry Pratchett connection. Mm -hmm. It's more like Blackadder than Terry Pratchett, though, because <laughs> the history is accurate. Of course, yeah, yeah. You know, but um, I've got the three stories. The second one's much more mapped out than the third. The third okay. one's pretty vague. Yes, yeah. In my mind. But that's a whole other tour we could do north of the river, because mm. the second book I'm planning will take place north of the river in the, in the city around the Hook Churches around the time of Isaac Newton and his battle of, of copyright with Robert Hooke. Right, okay. And the Royal Society. Yes. And Edmund Halley is a major player in that story. Okay. And Robert Hooke's niece, Grace. And Isaac Newton also had a niece. Okay. It's a very funny area of, mm. of history to mm. explore. We could have done this walk mm -hmm. around from Liverpool Street and all around the city, around there, monument and all of that. And that's yes, the second yes. book, that, that's an entire other story, the 17th century, after the fire, basically. Sure. London fire. Yes. Who rebuilt London? Christopher Wren right. didn't build it. Robert no. Hooke did, but it, Robert Hooke got written out of history, mm. mostly by Isaac Newton. So there's, a, there's an awful lot of bitchery going Interesting. on. Interesting. Okay. We will definitely have to do a second tour. A second tour. Of the, north second of, tour. of the river. Yeah. river. Yeah. Okay. So for the podcast listeners, it's anybody who's interested in what we've been talking about today, particularly about London. I mean, the, the book really gives you a very interesting historical insider's look into a part of London that you don't really talk about, especially as a tourist. You just, you come to, yeah, it's, it's not yeah. about the monuments, it's about the, it's the back the streets people, of London, it's the about the people, work. it's about the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, 1910 it's about now and it's about the future as well as the roman times so well the roman that. times is developing yeah, that, yes. yeah there's a, there's one or maximum two, two. scenes that okay so the so times. the roman it's times not, is minimal at the moment it's minimal at the moment but will come and yeah and uh, and sting <laughs> jeremiah Bourne like a scorpion's tail ah okay nice to create a bit of <laughs> intrigue would you like us to walk anywhere else yeah. from here? It's well, you wanted to, to go to London Bridge, didn't you? Yes, why not? Let's do that. So we can, um, and then I'm on the way home. I, I was loitering around that oh, yeah, shop. <laughs> did, you, did you want to go in? No, I don't. <laughs> I mustn't. <laughs> See, this is the sort of thing. You keep your eyes at eye level and you don't notice. But if you look at this archway, yes. how long has that been there? I know, I know. It's a beautiful iron archway painted in lots of different colours, like a... It looks like an old station, part yeah. of an old station. But it's absolutely beautiful near the railway arches. Near the railway arches. Have, so this looks is like it hear. would have been an entrance to the railway something. Yes, actually, I don't know what it is. It's funny, there isn't. It's now a, a, a shop selling Spanish ham. Yeah as part of Borough Market and, yeah, yeah. and this is now all totally covered over I mean there's been a huge revival of Borough Market I think since Jamie yeah. Oliver used to come here on his on his moped on his yeah to yeah. the area but now and there it's was become a point they were going to try and wipe it out but there was a did, campaign yeah. and, and petitions yeah. and you know and it's saved it's saved yes and I think in the middle of it here is meant to be the house where uh, Bridget in Bridget Jones's diary is Oh, is that so right? It was filmed from here as well, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. So, um, it's quite nice, sort of not 
heaving like this, but not dead, as you no. said. It's a bit sad when it's dead. Yeah. yeah. And there's Maria's calf as well, which makes the best mug of tea. Definitely worth a... Oh, I must do that, because it all gets a bit boring, the, the sort of coffee worship. Yeah. <laughs> that we do at the moment. To say I do love a coffee, but I do like a good yeah, cup of... A just a proper, pro oh, proper. proper cup of tea. I'll tell you where the best was, is there what's now a Costa Coffee. Oh, no way. But there, that curved building yes. used to be egg sandwich and a cup of tea. Was it? And it was, it was really old school. Yeah. And the bread would be crusty and thick and white. Oh, nice. And the service would be glum and the tea would be real. <laughs> that was, so, real that tea. was a great one. But it's gone. It's, it's gone now. now Costa. In the memory bank, though. Yeah, yeah. Let's wind this up here as we're right by London Bridge tube station uh, for the podcast listeners. Um, so we've been on a really meandering tour from, from Waterloo Station all the way to London Bridge. I hope you've been able to follow us. Uh, look on a Google map. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we've given you enough directions. Do look up nigelplaner.co.uk, his website, yes. uh, where he where says music is there, his books, his um, acting career, everything is there that you can find out about, about Nigel. Yeah, thank uh, and also unbound.com if you'd like to pledge and help Nigel get to the end of his trilogy and to be able to um, promote it in the way he would like to. Yes, and, and never have to go on social media again. And never ever in yes, life, exactly. Ever. Can you imagine that? <laughs> That's an impossibility at this stage, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> so please do, please do have a look. And if you have any questions, do contact Nigel through Twitter and also Instagram. But yes, those I'm are not the very good videos. on Instagram. You're not I'm very not good. Very good. Okay. I can't work out how to work it. Okay. So I do have a Facebook page now, okay, but it's so run for me by. Um, a sort of fan group, a guy who's really good on Facebook, and he runs it. I can't even get into it because I don't have a Facebook account. Oh dear, okay. So I hope he's, I hope he's doing a good job there. But it, it's the okay. Niger Planer official Facebook page. Is it? Okay. Yeah. But otherwise, and that has information on it as well. You brilliant. Know, you can go there. Okay, so we've got a number of different mediums to to, to find out a bit more about yourself mm. and also Jeremiah, Born in Time, which is the first book in a in the trilogy. The Time Shard Chronicles. That's right, yeah. But for now, I think we should wind up as it's now pitch dark and the yeah. lights have come on. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. And if you have, please do share with your friends. Please do give the Travelling Through podcast a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have time to write us a review, that would be fantastic. If you'd like to learn what I'm up to, have a look at travellingthrough.co.uk. Do subscribe if you have a moment. And thanks very Thank much, Thank you very Nigel much. For... And uh, do go to the Travelling Through website. It's really fascinating, the people that Emma gets on. Yes. Yeah, there's a quite a quite a lineup of very different characters. And um, we said at the beginning that I didn't know who my Mushka was or whatever, but I did used to go into the bookshop quite often. You did? In yes. Lower Marsh, yeah. Yes, yeah. It was, it was brilliant. Pity it's gone. I know. But the memories stay. Yes. Luckily, yeah, I've got exactly. a good <laughs> Thanks so much, Nigel. Thank All you. Right. Take care, everybody. Bye bye.